Road trips can be a mixed bag of emotions. Of course, they're fun, but at the end of the day, they cause a lot of anxiety and sometimes just downright migraines. Welcome back to the swamp, my friends. It's good to see you made it back for another episode. Today, I'm going to be sharing some creepy and allegedly true road trip horror stories. As always, if you have a story that you would like to share in a future video, be sure to submit it at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. I'd love to share your story with everyone here in the swamp. It's stories like yours that help keep this show going on a daily basis. Now, without any further hesitation, let's get into these creepy and allegedly true road trip horror stories that'll keep you off the road tonight. A few years ago, my friend Tez and I set out on a great American road trip. We were going to drive from New York to Los Angeles, zigzagging through the country for six weeks. We were both in our early 20s, broke, and as my mom had been a long-haul trucker, I suggested that to save a ton of money, we should sleep in the back of our hatchback. It was a pretty cozy setup. We bought some blankets and sheets at Goodwill, and cut one of them out to make curtains. By the end of the first week, we had gotten so we could set up our camp in about 10 minutes. Luggage moved to the front, curtains up, bedding laid down, and we were out for the night. We slept in parking lots, free campsites, rest areas, basically anywhere it seemed safe and semi-legal. There was never really a night, after the first night, where we felt scared, until the last week of the trip in Arizona. We were near Flagstaff, and had gotten pretty used to our routine. We didn't go out on a set schedule, and would never really drive more than three or four hours a day. We never really had a destination in mind, outside of a few must-see landmarks. We would just drive to places we found the night before on Google, and take suggestions from other campers, locals, and people we had met along the way. We also had gotten very good at making friends. We went to a Denny's with a group of country folk we met at a campsite, in the back of their pickup because I got hungry and overheard them saying they were going to go. We met an 80-year-old cowboy who took us out drinking and taught us to line dance at a country bar. Hope you're still kicking, Grandpa Mac. We played the guitar with some musicians in the middle of a thunderstorm, got fed breakfast and dinner by tons of campers who invited us to hang out with them, spent the 4th of July with a family who basically adopted us into their campsite, Grandma gave us some weed candy, and basically, every encounter we had with a stranger was a relatively positive one. This night didn't look to be any different, at first. We found a free campsite on Google, and drove up into the woods, following our GPS. We were far out of town, and something seemed a little bit off when we pulled up to the campsite. There was one RV parked, and two cars further up in the trees. We pulled up near the RV, and a man opened the door. Tez waved to Lo, and he just stared at her. This expression was completely blank. Then, as if she hadn't said anything, he just slowly closed the door again, staring at us the entire time. Figuring he just wanted some privacy, and thinking we were probably going to be obnoxious, we pulled further down the road and found a flat spot to park the car. Instead of our usual routine of setting up camp immediately while it was still light out, we goofed around for a while, smoking and laughing and taking dumb photos of ourselves. Tez pointed out a campfire further down the campsite, and we decided to go be friendly. We had met so many cool people in the previous five weeks by just going up and offering beer or just chatting. So we wandered over. Near the campfire, there were two men, 
the owners of the cars we had seen earlier. They seemed friendly and we sat down to chat with them. They were drinking and smoking. We sat down and had a beer with them. One of the men seemed off, and we came to find out that the two men didn't even know one another. The older man was on some sort of drug. He was spinning in circles and talking about UFOs. However, he did seem harmless. This left us chatting with the younger man, who claimed to be a former park ranger. He was handsome and easygoing. We spent hours just chatting on our trip, talking about families and everything in between. Then he started talking about the bear. He had seen a bear earlier in the forest. Tez did not believe him, and he pulled out his camera to show us photos of the bear. It was very close to the campsite, and we both were just a bit freaked out. It wasn't unheard of for one of us to get up to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night, so the idea of a bear hanging around in the night spooked us. The ranger just laughed, and then his expression changed completely. It is hard to describe, but his voice seemed somehow cold. He said, If you get out of your car in the middle of the night, it's not a bear you should be worried about. I kept waiting for the laugh, or for him to nudge Tez with his elbow. The joke's on the foreigner and the city girl, right? But he never did. I laughed awkwardly and made a dumb joke about how serial killers must be in the woods. My friend laughed as well and joked about the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. We moved on to another subject, but within five minutes the ranger had come back to it and was talking about something grabbing us from our car in the middle of the night. No matter how we tried to steer the conversation away from serial killers, he kept latching back on. The older man was high as a kite at this point, and was staring at the stars, not speaking a word. We had just awkwardly laughed and sipped our beer, and tried to get the conversation going somewhere else. Then the ranger stood up and walked towards the cooler to get another beer. At this point, it was pitch black out, and I could not see anything outside the circle of light from the campfire. The beer cooler was outside of that circle. Suddenly, we see a red dot in the darkness, and it took a moment for me to realize that it was a camera. The ranger is holding a camera. He had just taken a photo of us. I could see the screen on the digital camera light up. Now, it was not odd for people we met to take pictures with us, but of us is a whole different thing. My friend Tez is gorgeous, has dark hair, blue eyes, like a young Megan Fox, and we were friendly. People like having pictures of themselves. It was an entirely strange thing to have this person taking a photo of us without asking, or even indicating that he was going to take one, especially from the shadows. We were both staring at him like deer in the headlights at this point, but instead of realizing what he was doing is a bit weird, he checks his camera, adjusts some things, and takes another photo. This time with the flash. No asking us to smile, no proposing a group photo, and no explanation. After this photo, he comes back to the fire and sits down. Not a word was said about the photo. At this point, I and Tez are mutually freaked out. We make some BS excuse that we need to set up our campsite and nope the hell out. When we stand to leave, the UFO guy smiles and says to have a good night. Ranger, however, looks at us with a smile that doesn't reach his eyes and says... Be careful out there. There's more than bears in the woods. Every hair on my body stood on end. I was not alone in my discomfort either, because Tez laughed a response out and pulled me away from the campfire towards our car. We rushed back to the car, which we only found in the dark by referencing where the RV was, and jumped in the front seats. 
My friend Tez is all but hyperventilating. Why did he take pictures of us? I was shaking, and I responded. I read that serial killers sometimes warn their victims. She stared at me for a second and locked the car doors. Do you think he just took victim photos of us? We both freaked out. She's in a full panic and turns the headlights on in the car. I immediately yell at her to turn them off because now he knows exactly where our car is. God knows why, but that is the only night we did not set up camp. We didn't need to tear anything down, honestly. We, we just put the car in drive and floored it out of that campsite. As we got onto the dirt road, the ranger was walking towards our car with that same cold expression. My family decided to take a road trip last summer. COVID restrictions were lightening up in our state and we were really sick and tired of being cooped up. So my wife suggests we surprise her folks upstate and drive to see them. We were about an hour into our trip when we ran into some highway construction outside of Galveston and had to take a detour. Traffic was bad. I was annoyed, the kids were whiny, and I remember pushing my foot down on the pedal and flooring it to go around a couple of cars at one merge to get going. Daniel! My wife chastised me about it right after it happened. Split second impulse temper, I guess. Anyway, as we went down the highway, I pointed out that a black Ford pickup had also decided to cut by and was coming up behind us. Oh, so if they jump off a bridge, you would too? She questioned me. I rolled my eyes and just focused on the road while she decided to take a short nap. I guess it was 20 miles later that I noticed that the pickup was still behind us, and I thought it was a little strange. There had been enough gaps and highway merges that at least a little distance should have been made. But no, this driver had somehow managed to maintain closeness to us. I kept my eye on them for another 40-some miles. Some sense of danger really, honestly, was in the back of my head for some reason. But then, I had to pull over and get gas, so I figured they would just drive on, and they did and I chalked it up to me being just a little bit paranoid. As I got out to fill up, I asked my wife and kids if they wanted a snack or anything while I went inside to grab things. When I came back out, I think I felt like I was doing one of those classic double takes from the movies. This black truck was right behind us at the pumps, and not only that, but a gentleman had also hopped out of his cab and was apparently chatting with my wife. I walked over with the snacks and smiled cordially at them, trying to figure out if I was just seeing things, but it was the same truck. Howdy, name's Mitch. I was just getting friendly with the missus here. Said y'all are headed toward Galveston? He asked with a strong southern twang. Yeah, family road trip, you? Oh, just about the same. Nice, I figured that was the case since you've been behind us a while. I was hoping to catch him off guard, but the man just gave a short laugh. Didn't mean to, but I guess that's what happens when we've been at each other's tails since you decided to cut everyone off at the last interstate turnoff, huh? That sounds like an accusation, I blurted out. My wife later chided me for antagonizing the man, and maybe I shouldn't have, but he was giving off some very strange vibes, and this was before things got crazy. He didn't take the bait when I said that, instead just tipped his hat and waltzed back to his truck, and I got an earful from Brittany. He scared me at first, but I think he's just a little lonely she offered. Right, well, you can go make friends somewhere else, I said as we drove down the highway again. I felt like I couldn't get away from the truck fast enough. About another hour passed by, my wife was checking her social media when I noticed she got a frown in her face. Something wrong? I asked. 
I had all but forgotten about the strange encounter. Just kind of weird. Remember that driver we met a while back? He just sent me a friend request on Facebook. Well, delete it, I said bluntly. She chastised me again, but I was serious. Something did not feel right. I checked to see if he was still following us, and Brittany got onto me for being so worrywart. He's not a serial killer, she teased. But she listened to me and blocked him on Facebook at the very least. We were about halfway to our destination and decided to stop to get a bite to eat when he showed up again. It was this Waffle House right off the interstate. Honestly, I hadn't seen him in about 40 miles, so I was surprised that he had caught up. He just came in, ordered his food, and sat down. Brittany said something about it and I told her to ignore him. I kept getting this distinct feeling that he was watching us as we ate. Finally, she had gotten tired of my paranoia and walked over to the guy's booth. My husband wants to know if you're following us, she said. This guy laughed so loud I think the whole diner heard him. He rattled off a flimsy excuse that I didn't buy and then asked if she got his friend request. I was furious and got up and grabbed her hand. Look, I don't know what your problem is, I said. Then this guy stood up and looked me dead in the eye, like he was going to fight me then and there. One of the waitresses told us to take it outside, but I chose to leave before things got serious. When we got on the road again, Brittany realized she had lost her phone at the diner. Let me use yours so I can Google where it's at, she told me. Using the Find My iPhone feature, she saw that it wasn't at the diner. It was moving down the highway toward us. I knew it had to be the driver that found it and took it. Is this dude seriously stalking us? I asked. My wife panicked and tried to call the phone, but it went straight to voicemail. Then she started checking her own social media. Daniel, this is scaring me, she said as she showed me that he had taken multiple pictures of our car as he had followed us for the next several hours. Call the cops, I told her as I tried to check my mirror and see where he was. About five cars behind us. There's a red stop ahead. Tell them that we'll meet them there. I said as she got on the phone with someone. They're saying it could be another 45 minutes since we're so far out, she said frantically as I pulled over. Right on cue, the other driver did too. Right, stay in the car then, I said when he pulled up behind us. Honestly, I was prepared to defend my family right then and there, but this guy took it to a whole new level. He pulled a sawed-off shotgun from his passenger side and aimed it toward me, blasting straight at my tires. I fell to the ground and shouted for my wife to do the same. He did so again on the driver's side and drove off. When the cops came, I did my best to offer a description of him and his vehicle, and they gave us phone numbers for a tow to the next town. We made it there a little after dinner. Honestly, I was so shaken and rattled by the encounter, I just wanted to go home. A few days later, they called us and told us they found the vehicle. It had been abandoned somewhere, and apparently it was registered as stolen, so we had no clue who our stalker was. The worst part of the story is that it's not over. Every so often, my wife will still see pictures of our car on social media, and I know for a fact, it's got to be the same guy. Hey Swamp folks, sorry to interrupt this video, but I just have to take one quick second to thank today's sponsor, HelloFresh. What is HelloFresh, you ask? Well, HelloFresh is your one-stop shop for fresh, pre-measured ingredients and mouth-watering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door. You can skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. And that's why it's America's number one meal kit. I personally have been using HelloFresh for about two years now, and it really does help cut out that stressful meal planning and grocery store trip with less prep, 
less effort, and minimal cleanup so you can enjoy and get dinner on the table in just about 30 minutes or less. HelloFresh has calorie smart options that make it easier to enjoy tasty, lower calorie meals this summer without scouring the grocery store for ingredients and around the web for easy recipes. So what are you waiting for? Join me and many others in the swamp at HelloFresh.com slash Swamped14 and use code Swamped14 to get 14 free meals plus free shipping. Again, go to HelloFresh.com slash Swamped14 and use code Swamped14 for up to 14 free meals plus free shipping. Find out why the Swamp Dweller and many others are with America's number one meal kit. A little bit of background on me. I'm a 19-year-old male, and I was traveling with my girlfriend. We were on a road trip to visit my grandparents, who lived a few states away. They said we could stay at their place for a few weeks over the summer, and it seemed like a no-brainer because they lived on the beach. The path to getting there, though, was a long one, and it was a painful drive. My girlfriend and I both disliked driving, but we figured that we could take turns and it wouldn't be so miserable. I think the total time on the road was roughly 10 hours. We were about 5 hours into the drive when we decided to stop off at a rest stop. I'm not going to lie, we stopped for quite a bit. I'm a little compulsive with drinking water because I like to stay hydrated. As you might imagine, there are some consequences of being hydrated. It irritated my girlfriend by accident, but not very much. I think she secretly liked that we were stopping for my sake and not hers because she always seemed to buy something every time we stopped. This one rest area was not horrible or anything. It wasn't in a bad area or anything like that. It seemed like a very typical safe rest stop, but this is where one of the most horrifying experiences of my life took place, at least the first part of it. This has simply been one of the many times when I had to pull off the road to go pee. When I saw that there was also a McDonald's near this one rest area, I decided to wait until I got there. I normally don't eat at McDonald's, but I let myself do it on special occasions like road trips. It makes the drive go by just a little bit faster, even if it makes my stomach feel like garbage. So I went to the bathroom, and she bought more cigarettes. We had just made our way to the McDonald's when we had our first appearance with this creepy guy. We did talk to him just a bit. We'll call him Joe. Joe may have been the strangest looking man I have ever laid my eyes on. He looked like he didn't come from this country or something and not on a racial basis or anything. He just looks like he had a completely different lifestyle, as if he lived off the land and had never used electricity. His beard went all the way down to his stomach, and if you looked at it for long enough, you could see food particles in there, and some of them not even from a meal that he had eaten that day. So that should give you a good idea of his level of cleanliness. The rest of his outfit followed suit, a dark pair of jeans that looked like they hadn't been washed in a decade or more a large leather jacket that looks like the oldest thing I have ever seen in my life. I'm sure it wasn't that old, but it had a timely appearance due to it being in such poor condition. Anyway, we spoke to Joe because he awkwardly sat next to us at McDonald's. I thought this was extremely strange, and it did weird me out. I'm an introvert by nature, and talking to people was extremely taxing. My girlfriend is an extrovert, and always attracted people that were interested in conversation. I just found it strange because I've never had someone randomly sit at the same table as me when we were complete strangers. I figured that it was because my girlfriend attracted talkers, but looking back, 
It was probably because we appeared to be easy targets. Joe sat down, right next to my girlfriend and started asking us where we were going. My girlfriend, being the optimistic and unsuspecting person that she is, gave him the entire story. That we were basically five hours away from anyone that we knew in any given direction. I tried to give her a look that she needed to shut up, but she didn't get the hint. We had already ordered our food, and we were eating when we sat down. He didn't order anything. He just invited himself to our table and talked to us for the entire time we were there. At first, he was rather polite and had a thick accent that didn't seem like it belonged anywhere. I could not tell you where that accent came from because I've never heard anything like it in my life. And this is coming from someone who knows plenty of people from the North, Midwest, the South, Australia, and anywhere else really. This accent just didn't seem like it was from Earth. After a painful experience of trying to get away from Joe, we got back in our car and started up on the journey again. As we got to our car, I noticed that Joe had also gotten into his car as well. As we pulled out, Joe was a good distance away from us. I thought this was extremely strange, and the warning signs in my head began to flash on high alert. I knew that we were in danger. I was driving, and I tried to put the pedal to the metal. The next half hour or so, I had probably spent more gas than I ever did in my entire life. I was normally a safe driver, but this guy was really freaking me out. I tried telling my girlfriend that this guy was tailing us, but she just didn't believe me. She thought I was just being paranoid, but what are the odds of seeing this guy at a gas station and then him being behind us for 30 minutes after we get on the road? They're pretty slim. So, she told me to pull over at this rest stop that was coming up, and we would know for sure if he was trying to do us harm. Stupidly, that's exactly what I did, and my worst suspicion came true. He pulled off at the same rest stop and parked right next to us. My adrenaline was rushing as I got ready to fight this guy with all I had. I did not know what else I could do. I told my girlfriend to call the police and I got out of the car. He was easily a foot taller than me, but he was a little older and probably not in the best of shape. I had the slight benefit of being a wannabe D1 college athlete. I did all the intramural sports, you know, so I was in decent shape. But none of that mattered when Joe pulled out a knife. There was an immediate understanding between the two of us at that moment. The understanding that he was out to do us harm, and I was going to have to fight him. I waited for him to approach about 30 seconds went by before he started walking in my direction. My heart was pounding and I started screaming every insult that I could. I called him a degenerate and an old man who was way over his head that I was going to whoop his ass. It didn't scare him though, and when he got within 10 feet of me, I thought it would be a good idea to tackle him. I was hoping to take him by surprise, but it didn't. I tried getting him off his feet and onto the floor, but when I tackled him, he plunged the knife right into my back. But that was the only good hit he got on me. I managed to get him on the floor. After that, I started kicking his head ferociously. I don't know how I managed to do it, but he was on the ground, seemingly unconscious, and I was standing there. I could feel the blood flowing down my back, and I got back into the seat of my car and yelled at my girlfriend to drive me to the nearest hospital. I was questioned a few days later at the hospital about what had happened. I guess the police officer showed up. We had left Joe. He was still unconscious on the ground. He is in a coma. The police didn't know what to think. Once they got mine and my girlfriend's version of the story, they seemed to believe it. So that was that. I don't know when or if Joe ever woke up from that coma. And honestly, after he almost killed me, I kind of hope he dies. That was an extremely traumatic experience for me and my girlfriend. The good news about the situation is that I can tell people that I put someone in a coma once. And if they don't listen to me, they're next.
When reflecting on the events of this night to share this story with you, I realize how truly lucky I am. This event took place a few years ago when I was taking my family on a road trip for spring break. I'm a father of two beautiful girls and married to an amazing wife. At the time of the story, my daughter were aged six and eight. My wife and I decided it would be best to drive throughout the night rather than stay somewhere for the first night of driving. In the middle of the night, I was starting to get a bit tired, so I decided to stop at a rest stop and grab some coffee and use the restroom. I figured the fresh air and stretching of the legs would just be what I needed to proceed onward. When I got to the rest stop, there was virtually nobody there, which I guess wouldn't be super uncommon for the middle of the night. There was, however, an extremely old woman sitting at the counter of this 24-hour market, as well as a black car on the far side of the parking lot. I told my wife to remain in the car with the sleeping girls, and I would be right back. I walked inside and greeted the older woman with a hello, and she continued to keep her back to me and ignore me. Weird, but I honestly didn't care. I was in the bathroom for several minutes. After I went to the bathroom, I washed my face and tried to wake myself up a little bit. When I walked out of the bathroom, my real nightmare began. There were two men holding up the convenience store. One of them dressed in all black and holding a blunt object and the other wearing a t-shirt that was covered in tattoos when what looked like blood all over the shirt. He was waving a knife around, gesturing and posturing towards this old woman behind the counter. I honestly did not know what to do. This woman was in danger but my family was outside and I didn't want to bring any unnecessary danger their way. I did not know if they were already in danger and could need help outside. Luckily I had my cell phone on me I went back into the bathroom and quietly called the authorities. The lady on the phone told me to stay on the line, and just before I could respond, the bathroom door burst open. I jumped up onto the toilet seat and turned the call volume way down on the phone. I looked through the crack on the stall door, and there was a guy, covered in blood. I was holding my breath, hoping he didn't come into the stall. I also began fearing for my family because the other man could have gone outside and noticed my family in our van. The man in the bathroom began to wash his hands and kept uttering the same line over and over again. We got this. We got this. My instincts were telling me to jump out and attack, but my brain was telling me to just wait. This man had a knife, and if I tried attacking him, it may not end well for me, and how could I protect my family if I was injured? After about a minute, he left the bathroom. I forgot that I was still on the line with 911. I put my phone back in my pocket. I slowly crept out of the bathroom, and I didn't see the old woman at the register. All I saw were two men behind the counter stuffing what looked like cash in a bag. I saw sirens coming through the lot, and that's when I decided to book it out the door and back to my family. As I ran out of the door, the men lunged at me with a knife and missing ever so slightly, causing me to fall to the ground. At this point, the cops were already running into the store. One of the men immediately fell to the floor and threw down his weapon, but the man covered in blood tried to run out the back. The cops were able to get to him quickly and apprehend him without incident. Both men were arrested and placed in the back of patrol cars. The elderly employee was okay and apparently only suffered minor injuries. The reason why I didn't see her was because one of the guys had knocked her over the head with a blunt object and she had fallen onto the ground. I got back to my car and thankfully my family was alright. My wife thought I was taking a little while and was wondering why I wasn't answering my phone, but she would not leave the kids alone in the car. Also, from her vantage point, she could not see what was going inside the store. As I was giving my statement to the police, I found out that when I walked in, 
The employee behind the counter wasn't ignoring me. She was watching the live camera feeds of the outside of the store where two guys were pacing back and forth. I am very grateful that my family or myself were not harmed during this terrifying event. We were able to continue with our trip without any other issues, but understandably I was shaken up for a while and certainly didn't have a clear mind for our trip. You never think in a million years that this would happen to you. Looking back on it, it almost felt like a dream or more of a nightmare. Anyway, I hope none of you hearing this have ever experienced something this unsettling in your lifetime. Thanks for listening to these creepy and allegedly true road trip horror stories. If you enjoyed these stories, please be sure to hit that like button as it helps me out a ton. The more likes this episode gets, the more YouTube promotes it in the algorithm and it hits more fresh new eyes. That's very appreciated. If you're listening to this on iTunes or another podcast platform, please be sure to give this a five-star rating as it really helps us grow over there. If you're new to the swamp, why not join us? Hit that subscribe button and turn on notifications to never miss a new episode as I upload them nearly every single day in all things natural and supernatural. I'd love to know in the comments down below what story was your favorite tonight. Honestly, it's a really hard one to pick for me, but I'd have to say that last story was my favorite today. If you have a story that you would like to share in a future video, whether it's a road trip story or something different, please be sure to send it in at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. I'd love to share your story with everyone here in the swamp, and stories like yours that truly help keep this show going on a daily basis. If you're on the go, but don't have YouTube Premium, but still want to listen to your favorite Swamp Dweller Scary Stories no matter where you are, you can download them absolutely free from iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, and just about everywhere else you find your favorite podcast online. If you would like to support the Swamp outside of hitting that like button, subscribing, and giving us a 5-star rating on iTunes, maybe check out the merch store. I've got t-shirts, hoodies, and more. I'd love to see you guys wearing some cool Swamp threads. Come join me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and I'll see you guys soon with another creepy video.